Welcome to Angel Impact, the official podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. Episode 12, Why Coachability is Crucial. Hi, my name is Aaron Marks, and uh, welcome to this episode of Angel Impact. Angel Impact is the official investment podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels, otherwise known as the WRBA, and the WRBA is Central Wisconsin's only angel investment group, and I'm here with the leadership of the WRBA. I'm here with the president, Jeff Evil. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? It's going great so far. <laughs> I agree, but maybe... Um, Maybe we'll see. We'll see how it goes uh, during this episode, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and the chair of the WRBA, Leon Ostrowski. Hi, Leon. How are you? Just fine, thank you. Good. Leon never like tries to disarm me the way that Jeff does. So, <laughs> so we are uh, we're we're doing this episode, um, you know, kind of in a series about due diligence and uh, what's called the the opportunity analysis, and so. Um, not quite sure where this episode is going to fit into to all of it. It could be last. It could be somewhere in the middle. But uh, the opportunity analysis, um, if, if you've watched any of the other episodes in the series, uh, that's how Jeff and Leon um, bring in a care, uh, an incredibly careful, thorough, and precise scientific process to uh, to quantifying the value of the opportunity that their investment companies um, are, are working to fill. And in doing so, they're able to uh, you know, kind of uh, project the financials of the company and basically see if they meet um, the criteria necessary for angel investing. Now, there's a very crucial component uh, that has to come before the opportunity analysis is even performed. Uh, and that's that the entrepreneur that they're working with um, needs to be, uh, they need to recognize that that entrepreneur is coachable and open uh, to all this very, um, what, uncompromising feedback, uh, you know, that's, that's generated in this very scientific process. And so, uh, Jeff, I thought you'd be a great one to start this conversation off with. Um, tell me about coachability. Uh, you know, how do you know the entrepreneur is coachable and what does that look like? Oh, that's a good one. But that, that <laughs> I think I mentioned in previous episodes that coachability is probably one of the most important things we look for. Self-awareness, yeah. coachability, passion. Those three have to be present in, in an entrepreneur that we're working with. And, and one more thing, uh, you, this has to be, you have to determine this before you do the operation, or no, sorry, the opportunity analysis, because uh, it's an expensive process to do the OA. And so you're not going to waste it if you, um, you know, if you haven't determined this about the entrepreneur, right? This is the first thing we try to find out as quickly as possible, because this is a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if the individual is not coachable, we shouldn't be spending any more time or effort with them, period. So we need to determine as quickly as possible how coachable this person is. And they need to demonstrate coachability, because if you ask somebody right out, hey, are you coachable? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I take advice <laughs> from my wife all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean yeah. that that doesn't indicate that in the business environment that they're going to be coachable, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to critiquing their baby. <laughs> That's their product or service, the, yeah. the basis of their business. If they think they've got everything cold cocked and they know everything about it, it's okay, well, good luck with that. I guess you don't need us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, in the, uh, opening conversations with uh, entrepreneurs, we'll ask questions, we'll make suggestions. Have you thought of this? And if they 
don't have a really strong answer, we might recommend something. And then on the any subsequent meetings, we come back and we'll ask them, well, what did you decide on that? And we'll see what they've done. You know, we, if, we may recommend, hey, have you contacted SBDC to help? Uh, guide you? Have you contacted, uh, you know, SCORE or somebody else to help you through these these challenges? Uh, and, and if they followed up with them, we may have experts in the field too. Hey, you might want to contact this person and ask them uh, uh, what they know or what they'd share about their your industry. And if they follow up with those people, they say, yeah, I did. I called them. I talked to them. And they had some very interesting information. That's an indication that they're coachable. Um, if they're attending webinars and seminars and, and talking to, to other people, if they have surrounded themselves with advisors that have skills in areas they don't, that's indication that they're self-aware and that they do need coaching in those areas. They need assistance. So there are a number of ways that we can determine early on if we believe that they're coachable or not. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're making me think about kind of my own entrepreneurial journey a little bit and, you know, just the amount of money and time that we've invested in continuing education, um, going to seminars, webinars, you know, hiring consultants ourselves. Uh, like you said, you know, the, those things are very important and they really, um, you know, they, I think they take you into a different realm as, uh, you know, as really a professional of any kind. Um, uh, and so, I, you know, it's, it's very clear to me why you, why you look for those things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think it was, and I can't remember the investor, but someone in the, on the level of uh, uh, Warren Buffett yeah. said he, when he walks into a room, he always wants to be the dumbest person in the room. Right. <laughs> because when you, if you come in with that attitude, you're going to go in with your eyes and ears open and you're yeah. going to be listening and you're going to be learning. But if yeah. you go in that, you know, I got to present myself as being the expert in my field. Well, yeah. you're going to close yourself off to some very valuable information that might come your way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Leon, I'm wondering, um, how do you experience the difference between uh, an entrepreneur who is very receptive and coachable versus one who sort of knows or thinks they know everything already? How, how does that look on your end? I see. I look for two, two areas. Number one is how good are their ears? Do they listen? Mm -hmm. And number two, how good are they with their mouth? Are they talking all the time? How great I am? How great my product is? Yeah. You know, and if you have it all coming out of the mouth and how it's coming out of the mouth, yeah. then you sort of get a very good indication. Do they take advice or not? <laughs> and if they're asking questions like, tell me more about that. How, how might you approach a problem like this? Yeah. To me, that's sort of suggesting they're looking for more information and they're more likely to be listening and if they're listening they're more likely to take the advice and the guidance and implement it yeah and uh jeff has had some really interesting experiences in this regard based on his woodworking experience we okay. had one opportunity where the fellow had a unique way of growing plants in indoors so you could get their fresh fruits and vegetables and simple things right on the windowsill or right next to the windowsill with hydroponics. And the fellow wanted to have this in a beautiful cabinet and he manufactured that cabinet and he wanted to take that cabinet and run it into his own manufacturing plant. And Jeff says, you don't want to do that. So he took that back and uh, says, you're too busy doing other things. You don't need to be worrying about 
building these things. So tell him the rest of the story and what happened then, Jeff. Oh, yeah, that uh, uh, he came back to us uh, a couple months later. Uh, again, I encouraged him that uh, if you don't know, if you're not, a, if woodworking is not your skill set, if you don't have strong experience in it, it's not something that you want to just jump into is starting your business. His background was in biology. And he uh, created the, the whole system and he's brilliant at that, but he is not a woodworker. Uh, one of his investors had a small shop, small shop, and they were going to do their production out of there. And it was woefully inadequate because uh, we really felt that the, he had a grand slam home run product and um, strongly encouraged him, please, you know, look at outsourcing that. You want to get your customers. You don't want to allow competition to come in while you're struggling to try to get product out to customers. It's too high of a risk and you don't need to take it. Plus, woodworking industry has about, you know, is using about 60 to 70 percent of its capacity. That means there's a lot of shops out there that are sitting idle, you know, for two days out of the week. Why not use them? They love the the, the uh opportunity to do the work for you they have the capacity and they probably do it at a very reasonable cost plus they have the expertise to be able to do it quickly and it doesn't cost you anything you don't have to invest in capital anymore you don't yeah. have to buy machinery and equipment and buildings and hire people and train them I said you know you're looking at anywhere from three to six months of at minimum you know to get something up and running meanwhile the competition is going to come in and eat your lunch and they're going to scoop you out and you're going to be you're going to be out cold you know because you were dallying trying trying to get production well they came to that conclusion in about two or three months and said yeah you're you're right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the demand is growing faster than we'll ever be able to to uh, supply so we're 100 percent outsourcing things we'll use our little shop for for building prototypes and for doing testing and, and new product development yeah and then eventually when when they've uh, uh you know proven their value in the market you can always vertically integrate at a later date and you integrate as you can manage it because you you can't do that exponential growth and then and and then learn all these technologies and invest in capital all at the same time mm -hmm. yeah and i think what i see there in jeff's example is two great lessons number one listen and uh the people that are providing the money the guidance are really as I look at it, we provide smart guide, uh, smart money, and there's a demonstration of it. Number two, we also provide uh, mentoring, and that those are two dimensions that can dramatically impact the value you have on the business and provide greater return for the investors. So there's two of those dimensions that came through that example that Jeff just gave, and that's the value of angel investing the way we do it. Yeah, I, so like the way I would kind of like. I don't know, sum all that up or integrate it is it's like the entrepreneurs that you work with, it's like they have to be ready for angel investors uh, to come in, you know, and with a group, you know, that's that's made up of so many people with, um, you know, deep and diverse experience, you know, in a group like yours. And they kind of have to be ready to just rethink everything about their company from top to bottom, right? They, right. they should be. You bet. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Yeah, because there's a lot, a lot of opportunity to save money and to grow yeah. the business faster and be successful. Well, and it's and it's all opportunities, right? It's like you come right. in and you're like opportunity, 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 opportunity. Yes. Yeah, yep. that's why you call it an opportunity analysis. 
Right. And yeah. the thing is that the, uh, almost all these companies come in with multiple opportunities. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the young entrepreneurs want to eat the whole elephant. Mm. And, and to get them to focus, well, which, which segment should I focus on? Which product should I focus on? And that, again, that's where that opportunity analysis can help them sort that out. Yeah. What should I be focusing on first, second, and third? Yeah. So it's not just one product. It's what, what are the priorities? And you put those opportunities in proper priority. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, okay. I, uh, you know, when you get into like the business coaching world or the personal development world, you learn pretty quickly that like most people around you are not particularly open to being coached. <laughs> right. It's like when, you know, when you get into a way of thinking about life, uh, you know, that brings you more prosperity and freedom. Um, it's like, there are all these people in your, in your life who just aren't interested. Um, but then there's a lot of people who are, and, you know, you get to know who they are. And it's, I just, I want to stress though, that the coachability that you're looking for, it's a very distinctive and special kind of coachability uh, is what it sounds like to me. Am I, am I correct about that? I would say you're providing some of the skills that they do not have as a part of their background and their experiences. And you're providing that skill set to them. And are they willing to recognize that they've got a gap in that area and willing to pick it up and accept it? And yeah. it's an ongoing thing and their willingness to learn mm -hmm. and continue to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jeff, any other thoughts you have about that last part? Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, easier. It's easier to go in assuming that you don't know anything and assuming that you're going to learn something. Yeah. It's just easier. You don't have yeah. to put up a front that, you know, I have to impress these people that I am the expert in my field. Well, yeah. you should be an expert in something, but by far not everything. And <laughs> I have yet to find that entrepreneur that really has nailed every skill set required at the level that needs to be acquired to, to uh, launch a successful business. Okay. And this may be a topic of a future discussion, but I yeah. think this also lends itself not only from the guidance you can get from the investors in that skill experience they've had over their life, but you can also get that from the expertise, the experts you use to uh, make a part of your strategic relationships, like the manufacturing company that's now going to be supplying these parts, like the company that's going to help you do the marketing and the communications and getting those skills going yeah. or the accountant you're going to use to help you really understand your cost of goods how do you project the growth of the business yeah. and how do you then know whether your business is achieving success so yeah. these are all additional relationships that need to be developed and built well and leon i feel like that's a, a perfect segue into the topic we were going to cover in the next episode um, which is forming synergistic relationships uh, with other experts in your network so i think I'm going to close out this episode and say we'll see you at the next one. Uh, my, my name is Aaron Marks, and uh, I've been here with, uh, with Jeff Ebel, who is the president, and Leanne Ostrowski, who is the chair of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. That's Central Wisconsin's only angel investment group, and Angel Impact is the official investment podcast of the WRBA. Uh, it was great to be with you, everyone. I hope you learned a lot, and we'll see you in the next episode of Angel Impact. See you then. Goodbye, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Angel Impact, the official podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. To learn more about the Wisconsin River Business Angels, visit the website at www.midwestwealthventures.com or find us on Facebook. <laughs>